Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. This is for you, the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast with David Polsini of Six Point Financial. This episode, David wants you to think about it. Think about the steps Six Point takes to make sure they're a good fit for you and you for them. I'm Patrice Sikora, and David will outline their six-step process to meeting new people and welcoming them to the family. But David, let me ask you first, why did you name the process? <laughs> well, Patrice, this podcast is a special one for me as our process has changed and evolved so much from the beginning of my career. Again, I started in 2003 and things were much different then. But what a process is, is the steps we take to bring a new client on and also introduce ourselves and get to know each other. So again, it has changed so much from the beginning of my career, so much so that we wanted to name it something that represented almost the complete opposite of what we used to do. <laughs> and as a new advisor, and I'll just talk about me, you, you really go into a first meeting just expecting somebody to become a client right away. And that's kind of what you had to do to survive in our business. Now, we want our prospective clients and us, like you said, to really think about it before we work together. And so we named the process, think about it. And how long does it take? It can take, we, we've gone through everything in a week and we've had it take up to three months before. The answer is it really is up to the client. If they are motivated and ready to move forward and we have all decided that we want to work together, a typical normal timeline is about three to four weeks. Okay. But what if somebody comes to you, they've got an immediate obvious need. Do you still go through all the steps or do you just start recommending? That's a great question. If somebody comes in with a very timely or pressing issue, we certainly need to take care of that as soon as possible. We don't want to make them wait. And I'll give you a few examples that we've had just in the last year. We've had people come have come in that needed to make a decision. For example, an employer locally would say, you need to decide by the end of the month if you're going to retire or not. If you are going to, to get the lump sum pension. Right. So they'll say, if you decide by the end of the month to retire, you can get the lump sum. If you decide not to retire, that is no longer available. That is a very pressing issue, if some, especially if somebody hasn't done any retirement planning before. Yeah. So yeah, we've had people come in that they need life insurance right now because their policy is going to lapse this week. We've had people in, in December that need to maximize their 401k or 403b contributions and they have like two paychecks left. And a couple more examples. Unfortunately, we've had people that we've met with that needed to update their beneficiaries when they're very sick because they haven't updated them in years and years and they're sick and they need to make sure things are in, in order. And we've had people come in. This happens all the time on April 14th that need to add to their IRA accounts. And they have one day to do it, by the way. So if you're not familiar with that, the, we have to get it in by April 15th. We have people all the time that come in on April 14th to do that. So what I would say is that if there's something immediate, 
it makes sense that we do that thing first because we know we can help those people. And then we'll back into the process. And in many of these examples, I don't think we'd be doing our job if we didn't help those people with those things immediately because we have a, such a strict process. Yeah. I see the process that we go through is more of a guideline on how to proceed and more to set expectations. And <laughs> you'll like this, by the way, waiting for your life insurance to almost be lapsed or waiting until April 14th really just proves that people are procrastinators. Oh, so, yeah. If, if you're listening, you've procrastinated, it's completely normal. And I'll give you one of my favorite stories on procrastination just because I just thought of it. The picture a room, and I'll pick on us financial advisors, a room full of financial advisors, 30 or 40 financial advisors that are presenting their plan for the next year. And we'll present professional goals and personal goals. And we usually do that in October or November. And this, this particular incident was in October. And we were talking about the adjustments that we need to make. So I'll pick on the personal part of it because the professional part is a bunch of numbers and what, what do we need to do for our business. One advisor stood up and said, starting in January, I'm not going to procrastinate. <laughs> think about that. I love it. So essentially, he's going to wait three months to stop procrastinating. And <laughs> I love my point is it's completely normal to put financial planning on the back burner, especially until something immediate comes up. There are not many people that wake up in the middle of the night saying, holy cow, I need a comprehensive financial plan when, everything, <laughs> when everything's normal. It's not keeping them up at night. But once I would say that if you're working with an advisor that has a process, the advisor themselves, they don't procrastinate and they take care of you you really don't have to think about it anymore because it should be taken care of for you. All right. Well, then let's let's start with uh, step one, which I'm assuming is just a hello. How are you? <laughs> it <Tell> is. <laughs> so, well, obviously this year, we're in 2020 right now. The, the introductory meeting is really like step one. Most of the people that we meet with are coming in by in, in, in introduction from one of our current clients or they found us on the internet or they're listening to this podcast and they reach out to us. So the first step is just an introductory meeting. And we've really changed that to a virtual introductory right. meeting. The virtual introductory meeting, it's basically exactly what you just said. And it's a meeting that takes place typically on Zoom or whatever is convenient for that person. We get to know each other a little bit. We figure out what what they're looking for, what they want to accomplish. And again, just an introduction to make sure that we're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for us. We want to make sure in the first meeting that we enjoy talking to each other. Mm -hmm. Financial planning can be tedious enough without not enjoying each other. You, you get it. So You want the chemistry to be there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. So that's good. So you've, you've met these people either virtually or you've had a good phone call and they seem like they're a pretty good fit. Then what do you do? Many times, step one and step two go together, but we never want to force it. Again, this is what why we call it think about it. With each step, we want people to take a step back, pause, think about if it makes sense to move forward to the next step. But many times, especially if it's introduction from an introduction from a client. So if we're working with a good client and they introduce us to their friends, they're most of the time ready just to start talking right. about something. So we'll do step one and step two together. Step two is just understanding the goals of what that person is trying to accomplish. So if it's retirement planning, if it's saving for college, if it's we need to do some year-end tax plan, whatever it is. 
understanding their goals. They want to buy a house in Florida in 10 years. It's again, getting to know people. And then the step two is understanding their goals. Many times that is in one meeting. Okay. Yep. But then f to understand the goals, don't you have to look at documents, things like that? Yeah. So that's step three. We would, so after step one and two are finished, we would say, okay, let's, let's gather some documents. Let's gather your statements for your retirement accounts, insurances, whatever it is. And by the way, many people don't have immediate access to this. Right. So sometimes we have to pull it out. When I say the process could take up to three months, many times this is where it gets hung up. It's like, okay, so we need to find your old life insurance policy from 20 years ago to see what it looks like and if it still makes sense. But we'll gather the documents. We will then do an analysis on those documents. So we'll say, okay, how, how are you invested now versus what were the goals from step two? And many times those two things are not in alignment. And we'll find, I'll give you an easy example, that somebody is retiring from Rochester Regional Health next year, and they're still invested very aggressively in a market that can be all over the place. And they don't need to take on the risk, mm -hmm. by the way. That's important to, to say. They might not need to be taking on the risk that they are. So we just make some adjustments according to what their goals are and based on an analysis that we run for them. And what else do you do? The, the next step is like bringing it all together. So we'll take the analysis. So again, step one is introduction. Step two, understand the goals. Step three, step two is understand the goals and collect documents. Step three is us putting together an analysis. Step four is just presenting that analysis. So, and I keep saying analysis, it's not that boring. <laughs> we'll get together, we'll go over and, and think of it this way. You have a pie chart that looks like something. It probably should look like something else many times. Right. That's what we're going to show. We're going to see if it makes sense to make changes to things or update insurance policies or change beneficiaries. That is all stuff that we do behind the scenes so that the clients or prospective clients don't have to. That's the stuff that people don't want to think about. They want to hire somebody to do that. And that's what we do. So once we present the analysis, the next step is we either move forward or we will say, why don't you take this and, and think about it? And if you want to move forward with us, the next meeting will be filling out paperwork to accomplish the following. It's usually two or three meetings and then we will do paperwork, implement everything, and then help people get online and make sure that they're in our review process. And Patrice, I don't know if you remember from the last episode, but I'm an even number guy. Yes. So there's actually a step seven to this, but I couldn't put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to seven, let's go back to five, because yeah. you do have some questions in there that I think are very pertinent. Yeah. Uh, that you yep. want your, your prospective client to think about, one of which is, do I enjoy meeting with and trust my advisor? Yeah, the, these are definitely, so if, if somebody's meeting with us, we give them this document. We want them to consider these things. And by the way, going all the way back to the beginning, we'll do this on a different episode. There are 10 questions that people should be asking a financial advisor. In, oh. our, in our opinion, there, there are probably many more, but there are 10 basic questions they should be asking. We give that to people before they come in for a first meeting or meet with us virtually for a first meeting. You should be asking these questions. All right. Well, that's going to be another podcast. You're right. Absolutely. Yes. So, and you're right. So what they should think about is after we've gone through the other, the other steps and we presented an analysis at that point, most people 
have a good feeling for what we are all about. And they should say, do, do I enjoy meeting with these people or this advisor or whatever advisor they're meeting with on our team? And if we do, then we will potentially move forward. And then obviously the other questions on there, will the benefits and ongoing recommendations provide exceed, provided exceed the cost of working with our firm? An important piece of what we do as well is we want people to know what they're paying for. We want to go through all of these steps before we're charging a client anything to work with us. We want to put together the analysis, all the things that we do. In the first meeting, we will say, here is a fee schedule that we have for our firm. This is exactly what you will pay to work with us because I don't think people know in general how advisors are paid or how they're compensated. So we we literally want them to know. So this is just an example, but if someone has a million dollars and we charge 1%, that is $10,000 per year that comes out of their account and goes to pay somebody. And that, and part of that, it goes to the advisor. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure that with a million dollar account in that example, we're adding at least $10,000 of value. If we are not, we can always part ways as friends, but we want to make sure that we're always adding value through all of the other things that we do. Right. Right. And then you also talk about philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of times, and this can go in many directions, we want to make sure that the people that we're working with and us are on the same side. And part of it is, again, kind of how we're charged. So if, we, if we're charging a client 1%, I just use 1% for easy math, but 1% on a million dollars, I'll say it this way. If the client's account goes to 2 million, they're very happy, typically. And we are happy because we get paid more for working with them and fees would change by the way and things like that but you get the point so we are on the same side as the client so we want them to philosophically agree with number one how we are compensated and how we are paid and why we are paid that way and they need to know that we're on the same side there are no conflicts of interest there again we just want their assets to do what they're supposed to do and The other part is how we actually manage money, which we don't need to get into right now, but we try to make this as easy as possible because the investment universe itself is extremely complicated. There are tens of thousands of different things to choose from. We want to break it down as simply as possible because most of the people we work with, this isn't what they do. They they do what they do and we do this. And our investment process is like, we'll draw it into three buckets a safe bucket, a middle bucket, and a long bucket. And then we will say, this is why we are choosing the fund for each bucket. And then we internally review that on a monthly basis. And we have an investment committee that's, again, we'll get into later, but we want to make sure that they are comfortable with that and also how we are compensated. And that's what that philosophy. All right. That, that's all part of step five. Now, yep. step six, this is it. This is where you say, all right, I'm going to work with you guys and, and let's get the paperwork done. That's exactly right. So that meeting is, we are fully prepared and obviously it's 2020. So a lot of it's e-signatures now, or we can click on things. So (laughs) 15 years ago, we were bringing like books to people to sign. Like there were 150 signatures to transfer an account. Now it's like you click a couple times on a, on an e-signature and it's so much easier, but it's still, uh, it's, it's a good meeting and we want to make sure that it, it's meaningful. We want to go through everything with the, with the pr- prospective client and then also make sure that if they have any questions at all, it is very important, by the way, that 
if you are going to work with an advisor or you are working with an advisor that you can ask them anything, they're mm -hmm. full transparency. You, I, I know for me, you can ask me anything. I probably can't be offended in any way. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're not going to offend me. You could literally say, Dave, how much do you make on my account? I don't care. I will tell you. And if my clients ask me that, I, I tell them. And that, for some reason, that's like a taboo question to ask. So I keep going back to the, how do you get paid? But, mm -hmm. and it, some people will hold back. That's why we're so forward and upfront about it. But people can ask us anything. Dave, if you leave the country for two years, what happens to my money? What if you get hit by a bus? These are, by the way, in the questions that you should ask up front. Oh. But if any of them are remaining, they can answer them in, in step six. If you end up going to witness protection or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try to stay away from that. <laughs> All right, that's six. And then you, you alluded to a, a secretive step seven because it's not even... You know what? Okay. So we may have to add this because in all seriousness, it is the most important step. And I say this because steps one through six there are, are like two meetings or maybe three meetings. Mm -hmm. And it could take three to four weeks or up to three months. If you think about it this way, how long do we work with the client? Years Year. and years and yeah. years typically. Yeah. So step seven is actually really what would tie it all together. And that's Again, another episode, but what do we do for our clients? How often do we reach out? How proactive are we? What does your review process look like? And most clients just want to make sure that these things are being taken care of for them. And when they say these things, I, I get a lot of questions. Dave, what's, what are you guys doing for the election? What are you doing for the new year? What are we doing for year-end tax planning? I can tell you our clients, Maybe they, some of them are, but most of them don't even think about that because they just know it's part of our process. And our process, if you remember, I changed it to 120 things a financial advisor does. It was 119. I changed it to 120. Patrice made me. And it's even, it's even. It's a huge list of stuff. And those are all things that we do. And I made that list to show people, I just want you to know that we are thinking about all of these things so that you don't have to. If you want to, great, but you, you don't have to. And really anything to do with financial planning is on that list. Step seven ties it all together. And one thing I will say, 99.9% .9 of people do not need 120 things of a financial <laughs> advisor. <laughs> but they need some today and they need some of those things later, right? right? So I would say that as people's needs change, and as their careers and lives evolve, they grow into our process. And that process takes care of all of that stuff. You know, you're talking about clients growing and evolving and advisors growing and evolving. Does it ever happen that you may look at your client and say, I think there's a better advisor at this firm for you than I? Yeah, there, it, that's definitely true. And I can give you a number of examples. Of that. That's a great question. So, or, or we partner up. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with me bringing John in because John is an expert in divorce planning, for example, or Marshall on our team. He'll, he'll kill me for saying this, but he's great at like student loan planning for younger teachers that have lots of, he just knows the process. And I would bring him into a meeting like that. Or if I have even a geographic area, 
our Joe knows everybody in Greece, New York. If I meet somebody in Greece, New York, I always check with Joe first and then I'll bring him with me and they have an instant connection. I'm consistently bringing in new advisors. Another thing that should be, I should say is even if there's an advisor outside of our firm, it's a small community. I know many good advisors in Rochester. If somebody, 401k, for example, maybe I have a friend that does very specific 401k planning for certain types of companies. If I run into like a podiatrist with three employees that has 1.2 million in a 401k plan, I would actually bring in another advisor. There are, there are examples where I, I would recommend somebody else. And then last thing I'll say about this, there are networks of professionals that we work with. So remember we talked about the six points of financial planning. One is estate planning. Mm-hmm. I'm not the person writing the will or trust or healthcare proxy. We would work with an attorney or I'm not the one actually doing a tax projection for the end of the year. We'd need to email our client's CPA to work with them. It's all collaborative. As long as at the end of the day, it's right for the clients and everything is taken care of, we feel good about it. And again, that's, that's in the process. You wouldn't know this, Patrice. You haven't seen this yet, to be fair. That is in the 120 things that a financial advisor does. <laughs> I can't wait. It sounds like great bedtime reading. Yeah. <laughs> It'll make you fall asleep very fast, too. <laughs> well, now you can think about it. And while they are thinking about it, David, how can someone reach you and your colleagues at Six Point Financial? The best way is through our website, www.sixpointfp, as in financialplanner.com. There's a lot of material on there. We're adding stuff every day. We're adding videos. We're adding content. We're doing classes now. Our classes will be out in a month on specifically for Rochester Regional Healthcare employees and public school employees. So if you are one of them, you're going to want to log onto our website and check out the classes that we are making as a group. And, and they're cool. They're those sketch drawings. So they're not very boring. Like <laughs> it is boring material, but you got to listen to it yeah. because it's, it gets into percentages and different things and how to calculate your pension and how to maximize benefits. So those classes are very helpful. Those will all be on the website. Other than that, LinkedIn is the best way and, and, or Facebook. Okay. Very good. David Polsini of Six Point Financial. To subscribe to all upcoming episodes of Dear Rochester, Retire Well, use the subscribe button on this page, and to share, there is the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester, Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, Private Client Services, their clients, or their employees.
This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.